This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast for Project Sanctus. I am Reverend Kelly Isola, and we have just, this is our second podcast into our third season, which is very exciting to me that we've got a season three. Um, I'm here with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Ogan Holder. Hi, Ogan. How are you doing? How are you having? I'm good. Good. That's good, because we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> That's why I'm being short of words. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just keep going. I'll try to practice that. Um, so here at With Love and Justice for All, we talk about, we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, fostering liberation, um, but the, and oftentimes the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. Uh, and today we have a lot to cover because we were on a little hiatus. But before we keep moving, we always want to thank our listeners and subscribers that are here in the United States. Uh, there are 45 out of 50 states listen to us and over 24 countries around the world. That was so exciting to uh, to know that people all around the globe are listening. Yeah. If you, if you want to join in our conversation, um, you can message us on Facebook or Instagram at Get Our Holy On. You can also, we have a phone number. You can call and leave a message, 413-GET-HOLY, 413-438-4659. So today's title is The Tennessee Three and Other Headlines. Yeah, so yeah, unless you've been living under a rock lately, you know what we're going <laughs> to be talking about. Uh, but before we jump into that, just a couple of events coming up we want to remind you about our new program for learning, healing, connecting, and creating a culture of equity and liberation. Conscious anti-racism is launching very, very soon, soon as in April 13th. That's like a week away, isn't it? That's next Thursday. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. um, it's a week away. So from April 13th to 15th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time um, each day, we are going to be taking some deep dives into some areas around anti-racism. Um, this equity and liberation is part one. Part two, intersectionality will happen June 15th to 17th. And right now you can register for part one. Registration closes April 11th. This is a great uh, course for those of you who maybe dip, not dip in your toe, but uh, really beginning to um, explore this area. But it's also, excuse me, that'll just ate some Indian food. It's not coming up. Don't worry. Go Flemmy. I don't know. Should we edit that part out? Of course not. No, we're staying in. We remember we're we're pushing a, we're pushing a back 
we're pushing back against that white supremacy cultural norm of perfectionism. So I'm all for it. Just can, checking. We're leaving in all the outtakes. Anywho, <laughs> why should we stop now in season why, three? Exactly, exactly. So stuff like that you learn. <laughs> In your course about how we have all these unconscious embedded uh, uh, things that, that 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 run our thoughts and our behaviors um, and begin to look at how we can decolonize those and address those and uncover them in the first place. So you're going to want to sign up for this. This is this is about changing who you are and creating a culture, like I said, of equity and liberation. We are also next week, Tuesday, April the 11th, starting a new book study or 847 book club is taking a look at Rest is Resistance, a Manifesto by Tricia Percy. Uh, you might know her as a Nat Bishop. Maybe you follow her online, the Nat Ministry. But this is, again, another exploration of how we can push back against capitalism. All the urgency, all the sense of how we make our worth through our productivity uh, comes from that embedded capitalism. And um, Tricia Hersey is very clear that rest very um, intentional rest is how we begin to shift this. And again, this is much more than, than oh, let's just take a nap. It's really looking at how how rest is the opening for decolonizing our thoughts um, and and getting back to things like daydreaming and imagination, which is which is how we can help discover the best of us. So please sign up for that. Registration is open for that now at projectsanctus.com. And that'll be Tuesdays, April 11th to May 16th. Um, and then, as always, we have our affinity groups happening on the first and third Wednesday of the month. Um, this is probably one of the, I think we've been doing this from almost day one, like our mm -hmm. these long running uh, discussion groups, where this is where we really get into the both uncomfortable and liberating transformative work. Uh, and this is the thing people show up for the most. So very very happy that we do these is where i've done the most learning um for all the things that we do so all this stuff and more at projectsangus.com where you can sign up you can register let's get to some headlines some news so uh right off the bat we are going to start with what's happening in tennessee which is just uh, a shit show of epic fascist proportions so um to bring you up to speed, and most of you should have been aware of this already, but we can just underline some other things um, in terms of the of maybe some of the motivations behind this. But um, as you remember, we had that school shooting at the the, the elementary school a couple of weeks Covenant. ago, yeah, yeah. Um, where three students and three teachers were were shot um, and murdered. murdered, killed. Thank you. Um, and um, as the Tennessee House was was meeting. Um, they were a lot of protesters, especially young people, were uh, showed up and were protesting the fact that the Tennessee House, which was has a Republican supermajority, had already decided they weren't going to do anything about changing the gun laws. Um, so they showed up to protest, and then three Democratic members of the House decided to basically join the protest um, and. They were um, they 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 went into what they call the well. So they were they were up front in the house. They were leading. Um, I wouldn't say leading the protest, but they were speaking out and encouraging the house to do uh, something about this. And 
um, the, again, supermajority-led Republican House decided that not only were they out of order, but they didn't deserve to be in the House anymore and took a vote to expel uh, them. There were three of them, uh, Representatives Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson. And they were the, the vote to expel them was held, and two of them, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, were voted to be expelled um, from the House. Glory Johnson um, survived the expulsion vote. Um, and, you know, as the song of Sesame Street says, uh, was it two of these things belong together and one of these is not quite the same, right? One so, of these things is not like the other. Yeah. One of these things is not like exactly. So Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were uh, two young black men. And Glory Johnson, even though she was siding with them, a white woman, and she was not uh, uh, voted to be kicked out of the House. So what's fascinating is not only are we expelling democratically elected lawmakers for doing their job because they were basically being a voice for all the Tennesseans in that courthouse and around the state who want something to be done about these gun laws. So we got that happening. Um, so they're, they're being expelled. Well, and, and yeah, mm -hmm. and beyond that, taking away the voice of their constituency. Exactly, exactly. So, so that's happening, and now it's it's pretty apparent that the expulsion was also allowing racial lines um, as well. So, so that happened. Um, well, even and even uh, Gloria Johnson, the white woman who was not expelled, said when she was asked why did why did she think the uh, the vote went that way, she said mm -hmm. it might have to do with the color of our skin. Oh yeah. So uh, she called it right out. She called it out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's fascinating because last I checked, this was the party of uh, the First Amendment, right? Or your right for free speech. And apparently this was also the party that is riling against cancel culture. And what do they do? They cancel the two people who were saying what they didn't like to hear. So that happened. Now, it's I don't know where to go with this other than say it's this is what fascism looks like, right? When people say things you don't like and you punish them. And it's fascinating that it's happening. Here's the interesting thing, though, because they've been expelled, and it was, um, I, I looked this up, they're, they're being expelled from the House. They've lost their seats. Those seats are not open. It's not preventing them from running to be reelected. They probably right. will be reelected again. And now because of the support that they've garnered, they'll probably be reelected with a greater majority than they were before. Well, so, and even even before an election, if uh, someone comes to them to appoint them as an interim representative right. to a district, they can do that. Yes. Like without even having to wait for a vote, they would. Justin said he would do it in a heartbeat. Yes. So this Justin Jones, Justin Jones. Right. So this Sorry, they're is both again, named Justin. They are. Um, yeah. It's 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 just a striking example of once again um, a majority of folks who because um, when you when you I don't know if you've ever seen have you seen a picture of what the Tennessee House of Representatives looks like and that Republican super yeah. majority primarily yeah. male white and older right so it's like the old guard is once yeah. again flexing. And and upholding what's important to them, which is power. 
and power mm. means lack of uh, lack of representation by certain people um, who don't look like them and holding on to power by any means necessary. So, um, well, the the yeah. hashtag stand with the Tennessee three has been trending, or I stand with Tennessee three, and um, and yeah, so. If you are listening and you are in Tennessee, um, you should be in an uproar and an outrage about this and make some phone calls. Call your state representative and let them know that this is not what you're going to take a stand for. Well, I I also want to, um, um, because I I can hear, you know, people that I might know well, they were, you know, trying to defend you know the actions of expelling them because they were out in the what's called the well um and uh um you know and and peacefully protesting but it was loud uh and you know they it's part of the accusation of being expelled is you know around decorum and you know representing how you're supposed to show up to represent um if you're if you're a representative like and so he what justin so where i'm going is that is i had i also had to keep digging because there's more um it you know more behind it and and also to to continue to dismantle because i've heard it this the trope of the angry black man right and that there's that that Un, you know that white supremacy you know uncon that bias and and belief stereotype that you know the the black man is dangerous and violent and what people don't know is that before they got up and went to what the well is the the area at the front of the chamber where the mm-hmm. speaker of the house and um where other people sit before they went to the well to start um uh uh, making more noise and speaking up the reason and then what led them out into the protest is uh, because the speaker would not call on them. Yes. So they're in they're in session, you know, about uh, gun reform and and um, the speaker would not call on them. He cut off their microphones so they couldn't speak. He ruled them out of order repeatedly when they would bring up the issue of gun violence. And then when they went outside to support the protesters, the speaker turned off their voting machines that they carry with them so they couldn't even cast a vote on the house floor so and I'm like, <laughs> just a touch of censorship <laughs> yeah just a little yeah. bit and little bit. in terms in terms of you know you want to talk about decorum the uh, the chair of um the republican caucus chair jeremy Fison, was he's the guy that what was it a couple of years ago ran into the soccer game and pulled the pants down on the the that the soccer player i um, don't remember this yeah he uh and um yeah he's the i'd have to I, I forgot to pull up the story but um he he ran he got up oh no it was a it was a i think it might have been a high school soccer game but i mean it, it made the news because he didn't like the referee's call so he ran onto the field and pulled the pants down of the ref Okay. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's good decorum for <laughs> like, I mean, there's just mm. more and more and more uh, didn't get sanctioned in any way. There's currently uh, one of the members, uh, mm. one of the representatives is a um, uh, has been convicted of domestic violence, but he doesn't get expelled. Right. They've had um, 
um, um, an admitted child molester in the past, he was able to stay, you know, and he didn't get expelled. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is that the standard is applied equally, Ben. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know oh, that we God. have a lot of other stories. I just, oh. I, uh, people, I, I want, you know, dig a little deeper. Yeah, and, um, it is, when, it is when, a very dangerous precedent being set here. It is. Because now um, other supermajority Republican houses are going to go like, well, now who else can we expel? Um, right. If, if there's opposition being made, uh, because that's that's what they do as as, uh, you know, I keep hearing this. They're running. They no longer have good ideas that the majority of American people want. So now it's all about culture wars and silencing the opposition, because that's that's all they've got left. You know, right. every survey after survey after survey shows that the majority of Americans on both from both parties and in between are in favor of stricter gun laws are in favor right. of trans health care are in favor of all these drag show, uh, drag shows of all the ridiculous things that you know the republican party is looking to to center and yeah so they, they this is all they this is all they got left um and it's pretty sad um speaking of double standards let's go to basketball um oh so, that's what it was it wasn't a soccer game it was a basketball game like that okay. makes a difference but but i just hey, if hey, somebody's hey. listening what do you mean like you know, if it makes a difference white your tongue woman <laughs> Listen, well we, i wanted we, to get my facts I'm straight i'm fairly sure we don't have a lot of sports fans here let's not lose them all in one in, in one episode <laughs> um let's go to basketball let's go to NCAA women's basketball and you may or may not have seen this story going around the the controversy around the women's final match um and again that impossible standard that black people black women especially are subjected to so here's the story so um uh lsu um was playing um iowa iowa was the um i guess favorite to win because they have this amazing phenom of a player her name is caitlin clark and for the record caitlin is white um but handles out the window like this girl can ball this woman can ball let me watch my uh in internalized <laughs> sexism there this woman can ball anyways so um up rolls lsu and their star is uh angel reese and why we have this controversy right now is because uh it as we got towards the end of the game and angel reese um uh, and it's clear that lsu is going to win angel reese does a, a a hand gesture where she like waves her hand in front of her face to symbolize you can't see me um because she's playing so great um a, a hand gesture that was popularized by the rustler john cena rustler turned actor um and um it's basically part of the 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 long-running tradition of any sports trash talking you gotta trash talk yeah. and yeah. in basketball especially that is run the mill for the game so this gesture happened and all of a sudden basically most of white america who's into NCAA women's basketball lost the ever loving minds and starts insulting this woman, saying she's classless, saying she's trash, saying that was out of order, all the things. 
Now, well, she also pointed to her ring finger. Yeah, she pointed the finger to show like, yeah, and waved I, her hand in front I, of her I, face. I, I so got was, the ring. Yes, that's when it, the, yeah. the gesture. So she did that. Here's again that double standard. Guess who else was known for waving their hand in front of their face to say, "You can't see me. I'm unstoppable." The very same Clayton Clark from the Iowa team who she was playing. Now, when she did it in previous games, did anyone say anything about it? No, of course not. But when a black player does it. Apparently now there's issues. I can't imagine what that's a lack of from. yeah, a lack of class and yeah. just how you know unsportsman and blah blah exactly. blah. Exactly, exactly. Now to add insult to injury, um, as is the custom in championships, whether professional or um, at the college athlete level, NCAA level, the winning team gets to go visit the White House because yeah. that's still a thing, and. Uh, Jill Biden, the first lady, who happens to be white, um, said, of course, we welcome LSU as champions to the White House. Can't wait to meet them, all that stuff. And then she says, and because I will play such a great game, they should come too. Now, again, no one invites this runner up <laughs> to the White House. That's not a thing we do. We invite the champions. So now this is adding insult to injury. So again, to recap, the vice president, sorry, the first lady of the United States, who happens to be white, says, you know what? The team that lost, that has the majority white players, yeah, let's bring them to the White House too, because we're going to put them on par with the champions. Basically, in my view and the view of others, negating the or refusing to recognize the championship team. And it, it, again, added insult to injury. And when we talk about like a lot of internalized um, um, white supremacy norms, when we talk about in, this is how it shows up, right? Because, you know, how many times do we run around, run across people who are like, I am not racist. I don't do racism. I've never said a racist thing, you know, and start giving us all their credentials to prove that they're not racist. I'm sure if you were to sit down with Joe Biden, she can give you lots of credentials to show that she's not. And this is not taking anything away from her accomplishments. She's done amazing things in her life and in her career. But this is one of those examples where you have to ask, hmm, if the situation were reversed and Iowa had won and LSU, LSU had come second, would she have invited them given the circumstances? I don't know. I'm going to lean towards no, just going to go on a limb. Now, the other part that was really great about this is that Caitlin Clark came out and defended uh, Reese um, and said, I have no problem with the trash talk. This is part of the game. I do it, too. Yeah, so, that was a, that was the best part that like, what what's up with you people? I do it, too. Exactly. So good for her. Let me talk about allies and accomplices. Good for her for going like, no, I'm not. I'm not being part of this nonsense. And I'm going to defend her her actions. And and Reese was very clear about it. And she uh, I love what she said. She says all year I was critiqued about who I was. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year when other people do it. Y'all don't say nothing. So this is for the girls that look like me for those who yeah. want to speak up for what they believe in it was bigger than me tonight and twitter is going to go into a rage every time so good for her that's all i got yep. on that 
Well, I I would I want to um, also point to coming back to Jill Biden for a moment is that that to invite you know the the runner up is the what technically what that is 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 what's called white solidarity. Yes, um, thank you. And that's what she's so she's yeah she's just buying into that and it's an it's a form of that. How long have we heard you know white folks have the the inability or huge resistance to say black lives matter they want to go yes but all lives matter that's a an example of that what jill biden has done yes i think in this whole mess that was the classless act i said what i said that was the classless act right there um So um, Angel Reese had said, uh, nope, we're not going to the White House, but uh, the school has confirmed that, yes, the team is going to the White House. But I, I love that she she, she uh, reached out to Michelle Obama. She's like, can we come to your house instead? Right. <laughs> yes. That cracked me up. Oh, that well, cracked I'm, me up. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a black person, but I think I'd rather go to Michelle's house, too. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, trans-related events, but before we do that, a quick shout out to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Um, yes, they had they had an election uh, recently, and uh, thank the stars above. Um, what uh, conservatives had won a majority of the court in two thousand eight, and the the uh, probably on the ballot coming up soon is is abortion. Um, abortion ban law that was enacted in like 1849 or something. And, and, you know, folks have been very clear about not wanting to put that in a place, but people are suing. So might go all the way up to the Supreme court, which was majority Republican and they had to have, and they were having an election and um, I'm always going to mess up her name. Fortunately, uh, County Janet Protosawick. Protosawick, 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 I'm just yep. going to let you say it, uh, okay. Judge Janet P. There you won. go, Judge Janet. <laughs> just Judge Janet, Judge Janet, uh, uh, Democrat, she she won the election and um, not only did she win, she, but she was very clear as she was campaigning that this is about abortion rights and that's that's why she won the election um i won't talk about you know it was it was the it was the most expensive um uh campaign in u.s history yes um and uh wisconsin 42 million dollars i think one of they talk about it being one of the most gerrymandered states it is has the the worst gerrymandered right um and that's probably going to be coming up on the ballot uh for the supreme court as well um so well here's how here's how bad it's the worst gerrymander laws in the entire country and what people don't realize about well i'll say for um i don't know people in general when they hear gerrymander there you know there's it kind of some understanding and well you know we make you know some there just isn't really do you really get the implications of it so in wisconsin the gerrymandered uh the maps are so bad that a democrat could be elected but it doesn't mean they that um uh so they're elected in uh, i don't even know how to explain this so they're elected in a district but that doesn't mean that they actually have more seats right because the way the map is drawn 
Yes. So you wind up with this. It it wouldn't matter how many you elected. It's it's the laws, the gerrymandered, the maps are so bad that um, it pretty much guarantees you'll always have Republicans in yes. a majority. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I'm like, and, how do, how does wait what you know? And uh, to be to be clear and fair, uh, both parties do this, but nobody does it like the Republicans. Like right. they know how to carve up a state beyond yeah. anyone else, and um, and I think the state was the state was sued already um, for the gerrymandering and. Eventually, all this stuff works its way up to the state Supreme Court and um, which would never pass. Would It would never change because of who sits on the court. Ex exactly. Not to mention that um, this is one of the states that was challenging um, President Biden's win in the in the last election. Yeah. And they were going to if they had had a Republican controlled state Senate, they were just going to vote to throw out. Uh, that and um, put in their own slate of hand-selected um, electors or whatever, um, and basically say, "Oh, we don't. It doesn't matter what the final vote count was. We are going to choose who won the state." Um, so now right. that she's on there, that that's not going to happen. Um, so it's a now a democratically is now a Democrat-controlled uh, Supreme Court or yep. Democrat majority, I should say, uh, Supreme Court in Wisconsin. So good for the Wisconsinites for coming out. Well, um, yes, because she's going after voting, the voting rules and yes. rights. She's going after union limits, the the maps, the gerrymandering that goes on, yeah. abortion. And the other thing about, um, uh, you know, wh why you know the abortion women's health care is one of the things we're now seeing because of all this you know mass um let's control your bodies is uh, uh fewer people we're losing doctors we're losing mm. gynecologists yes um it's already happening where we're losing health care for women um and they're going people you know coming out of medical school are going to other places yes like not going to work in states that have these um antiquated isn't even the right word, but these restrictive and unconstitutional laws about abortion and women's health care. Speaking of controlling bodies, let's go to Idaho for the win. Idaho <laughs> has decided to ban gender affirming care for transgender youth. Wah, wah. Yeah. Come on, Idaho. Are uh, we surprised? Um, no, we're not surprised, but it still hurts every time. Starting mm -hmm. next year, uh, Associated Press reports anyone in Idaho who provides gender affirming medical care for transgender youth could end up a convicted felon after the state's Republican governor signed legislation banning the treatment late Tuesday. So, way to show who you are. Idaho well, leadership. and again, it's going to it what's the fallout from that is going to be the same thing about how the medical care, the medical health care in this country is going to be radically shifting. Yes. Um, and the bottom's going to fall out because of this kind of. Yes. Bullshit. But in 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 good news on the other side of the coin, New Jersey governor mm -hmm. has declared the state a safe haven for gender affirming care. So yay, New Jersey, who's usually the butt of jokes from New York, uh, Governor Phil Murphy 
has issued an executive order on Tuesday as well, indicating that New Jersey is open and welcoming to everybody, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. And he's declared it a safe haven for those seeking gender affirming care. So trans LGBTQ youth, trans youth, non-binary youth will have equal access to quality healthcare services, regardless of fill in the blank. Um, or this is important, whether they live in New Jersey or not. So you don't no, have yeah. to live in New Jersey to get access to these services. So points for New Jersey. Um, yeah, because well. Indiana also signed a ban. Governor also signed a ban. Um, ridiculous. So I know. So we have to, um, you know, rally people for I, what's people are moving and um, they're and then coming back to uh, the abortion bans is um, fam- people that are wanting to start a family are now going, yeah, I think I'm not going to live. I'm yeah. not going to go back to Wisconsin or I'm not going to move back home to, to you know, Arkansas or Idaho. Right. Um, right. Because I don't know that I can trust the kind of health care I'm going to get in starting a family. Um, exactly. And then and it expands as well. I mean, we're talking transgender youth and just transgender, not just youth, but um, also in sports, like yes. laws are now coming up banning um, uh, trans uh, transgender, you know, if I'm a transgender woman um, playing women's sports. Um, yes. Yes, um, that takes us to West Virginia. Um, they they had a um, law basically banning um, transgender youth um, from um, girls' teams. Um, if if um, so, um, lawsuits ensued, made its way all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they refused to intervene in um, um, the the law. So the law was. The law was voted to uh, ban trans athletes, and um, the after a lawsuit, I believe the West Virginia court overruled that, and then made it up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, "We're not going to take this case." So basically, they kicked it back down um, to the to the. Am I reading that right? Um, or no, no, I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm reading that right. Yes. Yeah. So West Virginia, the West Virginia law. So at the center of this was a challenge by a 12 year old middle school transgender girl named Becky Pepper Jackson. Um, and in the in the law brief, uh, she is receiving puberty delaying treatment and estrogen hormone therapy, which simply means that she won't experience the physiological characteristics characteristics of puberty and reading from NPR uh, experienced by typical boys and is styled will develop physiological characteristics consistent with girls when girls go through uh, puberty. So she was on the girls track and field team. And apparently that did not go over well because of this law. Um, yeah. So they sued and um, now um I think part of result of this is we also have the Biden administration um, issuing yep. um, a is an executive order <clears throat> that would forbid, forbid schools and colleges from enacting outright bans 
And right. think you can still do it on an individual, like case by case basis, depending on what's going on. But they can't. Well, the school, he, it's on. Yeah, it's this proposal um, that uh, schools would need to consider a range of factors before yes. imposing a ban on trans athletes, and they would need to justify it based on educational grounds, such as a need for fairness. So, uh, a school dis district could justify a ban on transgender athletes on their competitive high school track and field team, um, whereas a district would have a harder time making that case for intramural middle school kickball. Right. Because um, they're, I, you know, so, so I, I wanna pause here for a second because you and I are sitting here talking about this and we, you know, we read a lot and we have to pull headlines, you know, for this podcast and, and you know, you, you know, are stumbling there for a minute. Wait, am I reading that right? Is this what it says? Like you and I are struggling, you know, have these moments of having to wait, what is the the facts again? And what's what's the connecting the dots? Right. So is it any wonder that the general public um, just sort of glosses over or just, oh, here's an, there's some article about transgender something in Idaho or West Virginia, whatever, you know, and just keeps moving because it's there's it, it's it's so complex right um i mean i know on one hand it's not really complex like why are we discriminating right and and um why are we you know and we're fighting for human rights and you know then there's the um you know like what i just explained about biden and you know case by case basis i because i hear from people well you know we're talking about um you know track and field say for instance if if someone is biologically born male um there you know what i he often hear from people is as they reach puberty and into adulthood um male uh the male body is at very often and many times stronger than than the biological female you know body and right. such and so then people's you know get well is that really fair then you, you know that that the fairness issue comes up and um so and um but what's interesting is to remember that the very thing that they're trying to prevent which is uh gender affirming health care sort of takes care of that right because what you're doing is you're 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 blocking the hormones you're blocking the testosterone the testosterone that will develop the muscles more. So okay. therefore the gender affirming healthcare actually sort of like takes away that advantage um, for, for a lot of trans people. So for example, this girl, this 12 year old, this 12 year old trans girl, she is not developed okay. uh, the usual, like, you know, growth spurt muscle development, a boy would because she's using the, the hormone blockers that will prevent that from happening. So right. she does not have that quote unquote physical born, physically male born advantage because that stuff, the hormones haven't kicked in and they won't kick in as long as she continues the care that right. she is under. So no, she's not at an advantage at all. The, the place where I hear the most pushback um, and I, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with what I'm saying to you, I'm just, mm -hmm. I, I want to put out there what the conversations that are going on. And so one of the places where I hear the most pushback is when it comes to basketball, because boys do grow taller <laughs> than okay. generally speaking, 
male body is on average taller than well, the female you know, body. Y- y- you know what? I would invite them to go watch a few WNBA matches because they are some cis women on those teams who are right. way above six feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm talking about gen- I'm talking about general population. Right. Sure. I I un- I understand that. Which and- is why they're arguing that for the most part a a male body is going to grow taller than a female body. That's I yes. And and again, that that argument doesn't hold water. <laughs> That's because again, when you look at the WNBA teams, they are women of all heights. They're women who are five foot some, and they're women who are six. They're women who play cis women who play WNBA basketball who are taller than some men on some NBA teams. Yeah. So, yes, I'm, but I'm I'm looking at the generally yes general numbers, the the norms of heights. Mm-hmm. So and and it's the high school very often. Uh, where when I hear someone pushing back, it's right. it's often high school parents or schools, yeah. and and you know. and again, when you look at the number, the numbers are so small though that this applies yeah. to. So yes. for for example, uh, this this young girl uh, Becky, the twelve year old we're talking about, she's the only one. <laughs> She, she right. so yes. far is the only trans girl identified by either side as wanting to play on the girls' team. Yeah. So, like, the state wants to turn itself upside down because one girl wants right. to play. And yes. uh, apparently no one seems to be objecting. Her lawyers say she was welcomed right. by teammates and coaches and had yeah. not any problems with children on the other teams. So I'm like, if the... The teammates don't mind. The coaches don't mind. And the parents right. don't mind. Yes. It's just a goddamn problem. I don't know. So, well, we do know. Well, we but, do know. Um, yes, we yeah. do know. That was a rhetorical. And question. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm completely in agreement with you. I'm, I'm just yes. wanting to, you know, put forth the the voices that are, you know, dissent and. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm dissent into the dissenting voices. I get that, and um, <laughs> um. Uh, it's a because it's a complex issue it, and, it, it is and it does require us to kind of expand our brain and move out of the the binary world in which so many well, people I mean, were raised we say it's a complex issue but it really isn't that complex it is it it is complex insofar as we're talking about biology we're talking about cultural norms we're right. talking about having to unpack your how you've been socialized and what you believe and you know it it turns the brain inside out and and it's complex in that way right um but it's not complex in saying um let so for me it even goes beyond that it becomes the some folks still not accepting and believing that um trans folk are who they are right right so for me yes for me when i say it's not that complex it begins with just a simple belief. If a trans person says, I was born as a male, physi- physically, physiologi- physi- physiologically, is that a word? Yeah. Yep. Physiologically. <laughs> I can talk. Don't eat it's Indian like, food it's like right proto before sandwich. podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So physiologically, I was born a male, but my entire life, as far as I can remember, I knew I was female. It's yeah. 
we can simply believe them, right? But we have voices who are saying, no, this is not a thing. This is not a real. This is this is a brainwashing. This is all yep. that sort of stuff. And therefore, we will, we will protect them from themselves by right. passing all these laws. So, so yes, it is complex from the from from all those reasons you just gave, but it is also simple, I believe, to simply believe people when they tell them who they are. Well, there's also, you know, throw religion into the mix and people Mm. are challenged. Mm. And I know, I know, I'm just, when I say it's complex, I mean, it's it's the human lived experience, which is a complex experience. And I also am like- I'm not a Lord in you, I'm a Lord in religion. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, but I, it's, um, I would, I would love for it to be, I would love for it to be a little more either or, like, if somebody says this is this, okay, great, let's just let them, let an individual be who they are. Yes. For yes. fuck's sake. It's that simple. <laughs> That's it, the point yes. I was making. <laughs> I know That's it is, but, it, but it's not a realistic, it's not the world we're in. So, um, and I would love to be there. Yes. Yes. And that is what that is what we that, are working but... towards. That is yes. that is what we are working. That is why we do the work that we do. We go mind your own go that. go mind your own business, people. Clean mind up your own your house own and sidewalk. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. And how is it harming you in absolutely no way? Right. Right. There's that right. as well. Um, let us end on a bit of good science news. Uh, NASA yeah. is going back to the moon and at the end of next year they will have their first manned and womaned uh flight trip around the moon they won't actually land on the moon this time but they're going to fly around the moon and they named the team and it is four astronauts including for the first time a woman and a black man and I am very disappointed he won't get to land on the moon and say that line from that TV show. It's good to be black on the moon. <laughs> did, you, did you watch that show? What was that uh, no. With Steve Carell. No, oh, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. But yes. Oh my God. I'm I'm like, it's good to be black on the moon. Anyways, so <laughs> uh, Christine, Christina Koch will be the first woman astronaut ever assigned to lunar mission. And... Victor Glover will be the first Black astronaut on a lunar mission. Um, I'm very excited about that. The little inner inner child geek in me is is rejoicing that the space program is doing this. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, they do a great interview with Stephen Colbert um, on mm-hmm. the show, the, the Late, is it The Late Show? The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so you got you gotta it's up on youtube you gotta check out their interview it's hilarious and and steve stephen glover was um uh the first african-american to stay on the space station for for an extended period of time yes um and i wish he was able to land on the moon as well i wish they all could land on the moon but um well i don't know can this are they being on this mission means that they can't be on the next one that uh the actual lands on the moon do they have to have a whole new team? Uh, I don't know. About I don't. That. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Not either. Sure. Not sure. There's very. Either. There's hundreds and thousands of people that apply, and you know, very, very few are chosen. Few are chosen. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. They get. They let a Canadian go. So just don't I send know. a Canadian what? next time. Right. You're taking no, up one no. of four spots with a Canadian. 
<laughs> no offense to the Canadian listeners. We love you, Canada. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should say North American astronauts, not just American astronauts. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so good, good for them. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's news like this. I'm torn a little bit. We got a lot of problems just on the ground, but at the same time, I love the energy of exploration in this way. And be, and you know we can we can do a Google deep dive around all of the uh, technologies and good things that we use today that came out of the space program. So mm-hmm. so eventually some of those things do uh, trickle down to us. So it's 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 not money wasted. Well, and it's been fifty years since we put any attention on the moon, and it's not like we figured it all out the first time we went. If, uh, and if we actually went, remember now. No. Oh, are you one of those? <laughs> Hey, I'm representing the voices of the dissenters. I okay. can do it. I can do it too. <laughs> yes. Well, it's good too. Uh, <laughs> one of the questions. One of the questions that Steve Colbert asks. He's like, he's like, tell us about tell us about the actual vessel and the technology because, as you know, um, basically the technology that got the first crew to the moon 50 years ago. There's more technology in your smartphone now than what was yeah. used to get them there and they got them yeah. there and got them back alive um right. i given that i don't understand why it's been 50 years because we've come so much further um but uh but yeah but the technology has been there and in fact um this is the artemis program this is artemis 2 artemis 1 was an unmanned uh ship that made it around the moon and back so so yeah uh this is two take people and back and now artemis 3 in a couple more years few more years will be taken um they will be actually landing on the moon i feel like they're taking a real like um baby step approach to this Mm. and i don't understand because it's not like we haven't been there before we got to the moon before yeah Yeah. (laughs) with less technology than a smartphone why are we why are we taking all this time and making all these like like trips i don't understand Right. And so, and if that's true, how is it that we don't know how to land on the moon and take off from the moon? Like, Um, you know, rather than just circling around, stop, take a pit stop and then keep going. And, and so the commander of the crew said, because Colbert asked him like, why are we even doing this? And he says, well, we, the the long-term goal is actually to get to Mars. So like, you know, we're going to learn how to basically set up camp on, on a terrestrial terrain first and the moon is the closest to us. So we'll set up there and from there we can base operations to go to Mars. And I'm like, again, 50 years ago, you were there. What, why (laughs) this should be the trip to Mars. This should be what we're excited about. Not just getting back to the moon, but whatever. Yes. I'm just just an earthling. Landing on another planet because we've ruined this one. Well, hopefully, you know, we won't ruin another one, but who knows? Who knows? Um, so anyways, but okay. I would, so I just, yes, I'm sorry, but I just want to come back to the thing you said about exploration. Like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Because anything that, that, you know, some of the biggest things and that, that have made some of the biggest impacts in shifting, you know, the, the lived experience for humanity and for planet earth and some of, you know, the discoveries and, being able to uh, to change culture, to change science. They just come out of pure exploration for the purpose of exploration. Yes. Um, yes, they have. Yes, they have. And I think if we stop doing that, I think we will 
lose, not to get to anything, not for having a destination, but just for the sake of exploring, you know, yeah. using the brain and imagination and, you know, pushing the limits of our own thinking. If we can't do that, I don't know how we create a world of love, justice, and liberation. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good button us up. You like that? There. I like that. You don't I like get that? that very much. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, you can explore other episodes of this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at any time or online at withloveandjusticeforall.podbean.com if you've got those friends that don't know how to do the podcasting. Um, as always, please go to projectsanctus.com to see all of our offerings and to make a donation to keep this train a running. And we will see you next week with another brand new episode. I think we're going to be talking about Earth Day. It's Earth Day next yeah. month. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to be, you know, speaking of that planet that we're not taking care of so well. We're going to talk about that next week. And its intersection with racism and systems of oppression. How they. Yay. More good stuff. Well, what they have to do with each other. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, as much as we talk about it. Mm, maybe not a whole lot is changing. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about how Wall Street is getting in on the action and also just making it worse for everybody. Oh, the money, capitalism. I mean, seriously. All right, let's not get started again. We're trying to end an episode, <laughs> not start a whole other one. <laughs> Thank you as always for listening. Tell your friends about us. And one more time, visit projectsanctus.com. So until we meet again, let's get our holy on. Home.